Hey ladies, I hope you're having a wonderful week. I want to talk to you a little bit more on a serious note today. I'm going to give you some stats and numbers and just have a pretty heavy conversation. And it's because I believe it's important because it's been in my idea, notes, content plan for a while now. And for some reason, I just felt like there's someone that needs to hear it today to make a new choice related to their drinking habits. I'm going to be discussing physical pain more where those of us who have chosen and maybe you're choosing to comfort yourself or numb your physical chronic pain. I was more in the habit of covering up my emotional pain. Definitely there are times where maybe I had some soreness or had a headache, things like that. And I drank and of course it softened the edge. That's not really what I'm talking about today. And any sort of habitual use or consistent use of alcohol for whatever reason can be very unhealthy for us. And obviously that was my choice for choosing to remove it completely. But I want to talk to you a little bit more about if you're using alcohol to cope with chronic pain, how this could really, really harm you and the long-term consequences for you or maybe even someone you know. If, if this is not you, you may know someone who has chronic pain and you have seen that they might be covering up with, it, with alcohol. Listen in. I think any of you can learn from this today. So I hope you, I want to say, I hope you enjoy the episode, which I always hope you enjoy the episode, but sometimes they're just heavy and they're thick and it breaks our heart. And I think that's what's necessary. So I hope that you will learn and even potentially be very convicted by this, if this is you, or even be convicted in a way to love and share and encourage someone else. Okay. Hey sister, are you newly alcohol free, but you've been hanging on for dear life, hoping you don't fall backward? Or maybe you're still stuck in the cycle of overdrinking, even when you told yourself you would stop, waking up each day with thoughts of self-loathing? Is your anxiety through the roof so much that you wake up at 3 a.m. with your heart racing and negative thoughts about yourself? You hide it so well, not many people know. Girl, I get you and I see you. I'm Michelle Porterfield and for so many years I experienced all of this. Here's the deal, quitting drinking is just the first step. I believe that's why it can be so scary. We know deep down it's more. Once we see what's underneath all the covering up, true freedom is found. And I'm here to help you do just that. So whether you're newly alcohol free or just sober curious, there is freedom on the other side. I can't wait to help you ditch the wine witch or help you find your mindset breakthrough and reignite your purpose after alcohol. Girlfriend, you are in the right place. Welcome to Set Free Sisterhood. All right. Well, first, let me share with you that I cannot truly relate or imagine how hard it must be if you have been suffering from a long term or chronic pain that's just constantly with you. And I encourage you to begin the process of really just being honest here. As you listen to this episode and after, I want you to take some time of reflection um, and being honest with yourself and with God, and then potentially reaching out to your physician for support. Because what I do know is 
until we're honest and open about ways we're coping or covering up, the cycle will continue and we'll go right back to it. And I can only relate a little bit. I don't know if I have shared this with y'all, but I've had some, I don't want to say chronic because that just sounds really big, but I've had some consistent tailbone pain over the past year and a half or so. And I'm still exploring really what's going on. I think I've narrowed it down to a certain way that I'm sitting and um, more in, even in my vehicle, the way the, the seats made. So I've been trying different cushions and I've been trying to, even when I'm have a long day here, whether it's recording podcasts or coaching, I try to stand up as much as possible. And I've gone through seasons where there could be, if it gets really inflamed, it is very uncomfortable. And I'll go to stand up when I'm sitting, I can tell it's sore. But there's been times where I go to stand up and it will literally take my breath away. I was speaking with one of my clients at the salon and she she had it in the past. She did discover it was her vehicle um, when she started spending more miles on the road with some travel ball with her son. And she called it coccidemia. So I've been researching a little bit. I don't think anything's major wrong. But I share that only because it is it is very uncomfortable Yes, it takes my breath away, but I think about it a lot. It is on my mind. I'm constantly navigating, well, is it the chair? Is it my car? And did I sit a certain way? And oh, Michelle, you're slunching, you know, slumping over. You need to scoot back and rotate your hips and sit this way and work on your posture. And oh, it's flared up again. What have I done different? Have I been driving my car more? And I'm finding that as our brain normally does, it's trying to find an answer and a solution, which can in itself be very frustrating, right? When we're constantly thinking over and mulling over something, especially if it's something that irritates us, and yet we haven't truly been able to find a solution. So sometimes we cope. And like I said previously, I can't truly relate. If you have some serious back pain, neck pain, if you have some autoimmune pain, there's a lot of stuff going on in your body and you're turning to alcohol. I can empathize with you because I used to use that as my coping mechanism as well. But I just wanted to talk to you today about some research that I have done and knowing that you're not alone, but there is research and some statistics out there. So here's the thing is we know that alcohol will affect pain relief because it actually depresses the central nervous system. So by slowing the brain down and the nervous system, alcohol delivers an amount of relief. Same thing as, like I said, if there's some mild aches and pains or a headache, or even, you know, for me, it was more the emotional was trying to shut down that or the overthinking pain, right? So the problem is, is that it can actually make the condition worse. Because what's happening is it doesn't really alleviate pain symptoms. It just confuses the nervous system, which makes them less sharp. But that's not helpful in the long run because all we're doing is covering up for the moment. And because we're putting alcohol in, it's affecting our ability to heal. 
So the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism reports that almost 28% of chronic pain patients self-medicate with alcohol. And there's plenty of risk involved. We know this. We've, you've, we've heard this before. It can include, obviously, becoming addicted. It can include cross-reactions with pain medication. It can actually intensify your pain symptoms And, you know, they also say it's important to talk to this um, and discuss this with your doctor. Now, sort of as a caveat here, and a side note, whatever we want to call it, I remember when I, quote unquote, tried to speak with my doctor. And don't let that deter you if you have a physician or someone in your life that just doesn't happen to take you seriously because you're not the, quote unquote, typical looking person that would have a problem with alcohol. It's unfortunate, but this is just what has happened. It happened with me. It happened with many of my clients, many of the women I've spoken to where you feel really nervous and vulnerable and you go to say something to your physician. They're like, oh yeah, it's probably not helping you at all. And that's affecting your sleep. But so just cut back, just go and, you know, only drink once, twice a week, or just try to quit for a little while. And they, they can sometimes take it too lightly. So I just want to put that there because it's so easy for these research groups to say, well, just talk to your doctor and let them help you. I'm saying it starts first with getting really, really honest with yourself, saying it out loud and having that awareness to yourself, to God, to someone that you love, that you can trust. Obviously, that's why I'm here, because I also believe that we are, and we, and you know this too, we're a whole package. We are mind, body, and spirit. And we cannot just address the body. We cannot just address the mind. And we cannot just address the spirit. I actually believe the quicker we address the spirit, the more power we have if we are in relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because I believe that that's a huge catalyst to our healing and our growth. But we can't. We are, we are all of those things. So here's some stats for you that I just want to kind of lay out there just so you can hear this. Because I just found that when I was learning and researching, even early on, even though I wasn't really interested in hearing these things, it felt very overwhelming and dark sometimes, I did find it helpful to to recognize, wow, this is bigger than me. This is bigger than anything I can imagine. And we have been been believing the lies of the world that alcohol is just, oh, it's just fun or it's just a social thing. No, it's it's a problem. So here's what the Um, This is just in the United States, too. Let me get that. Let me clarify that. We're not talking about worldwide. This is just the United States. More than 15 million adults have had an alcohol use disorder. About 623,000 teens have some form of alcohol use disorder. Only 6.7% of adults and 5.2% of teens with alcohol problems actually obtain treatment. 
more than 88,000 Americans die due to alcohol use. And almost one in 10 children live with a parent who has an alcohol dependency issue. I'm going to let that sit for a minute. Does it break your heart like it breaks mine? That we have come to this, and I'm sure those numbers are higher because I'm going to be honest with you. These notes have been in here for a while now. And what makes me, I think, the most sad is the fact that they're not getting treatment. Why? Why are they not getting help? Why are these 15 million adults and over 600,000 teens not getting help? Is it the stigma? Is it being brushed off? Is it fear of the stigma? Is it... You know, we know they're getting, you know, we get dependent on it or addicted to it. Whatever we want to say, right? This is a big deal. So let's talk a little bit more for you to help you kind of relate to, if this is you or someone you know, some of the detrimental effects that could actually worsen this pain because... Alcohol is very problematic in the way it disturbs sleep. I've had several conversations about this on the podcast where sleep is super healing and alcohol is known to interfere with the circadian rhythm that actually helps the sleep cycle. We may fall asleep faster, but we're more likely to be interrupted and have less restfulness. So here's what happens. If you're not sleeping well, which you're not, if you're drinking consistently, then it actually hinders your body's ability to heal and it actually makes your pain symptoms more potent. It can make them just, just worse because when you withdraw from the alcohol use, whether we're talking you've made this commitment and you're withdrawing consistently or even like the next day because we go through withdrawals every day. Once you stop drinking and your body kicks into this healing mode, which will actually, this is what motivates us, right? To keep drinking. And then it increases and it also leads to more pain and it increases again and our tolerance rises, right? This is whether it's to do with physical pain or emotional pain. Why did I start with a glass or two and then end up drinking over a bottle of wine or more a night? Because this was part of my cycle and part of those of you listening. You drink way more than you did a few years ago. And what happens is as you withdraw, whatever levels of discomfort, whether it just be simply irritability, headaches, moodiness, you know, fatigue, brain fog, which is mostly what I felt, that is still withdrawal. I'm not just talking about the severe withdrawal symptoms. But you may be one of the severe withdrawal symptoms. You may be listening and you go and you realize like, oh, I could never just stop drinking because I'm physically addicted to this now and with the pain that I'm dealing with. Because here's what happens too: if you misuse alcohol for this reason and then you have pain medicines mixed in, it is dangerous. 
Acetaminophen and alcohol can cause acute liver failure. Have you ever heard that? I knew that acetaminophen would even like affect our bodies. Any, any of the medications which can be used for good can harm us in too much. But when you add alcohol consistently, it makes it even worse. And it says um, if you mix alcohol with aspirin, it increases the risk for gastric bleeding. And it could cause, depending on what other medications you're on, what about some of these, um, whether it's emotional uh, anxiety, depression, every one of those, we talk, they talk about alcohol mix. And I know if you have chronic pain, you're probably on some sort of pain medicine or you have that, you have access to it. So I just want to share with you that I love you and I hope this encourages you in a way that, that says, hey, here I am. I have been living this way or someone I love has been living this way. And I recognize that this is not how I want to continue living. This is not what I want my future to hold. I don't want to continue having to cope because I know, no, I don't even have to know you, but I know that if you were, if you have been coping and pain managing with alcohol for your chronic pain, that is not the only thing that it's affecting. It is not just affecting your physical body and numbing the pain for a while. You are miserable inside your spirit and your mind because I'm sure you feel shame, you feel guilt, your relationships are hurting, you're lonely, you're anxious, you're depressed. Like I said earlier, we are a package deal. You probably feel far from God. You probably... If you do have a relationship with him, you probably feel guilty there. Well, I want to tell you, you don't have to because he's here and he knows you more than anyone knows you. Isaiah 40, 29 says he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. In an instant, just ask him. Talk to him. Be honest. Open up. I encourage you to, yes, speak with your doctor. Speak with your therapist. If you don't have one, find one or come see me, coach, therapist, counselor at church, whatever. Let us help you. That's what we're here for. And I'm here anytime to support you and encourage you and come alongside you, whether you are working with a therapist already or if you're working with a physician already. There's some things that I can support you in just by having been there and walking this walk throughout the the journey of alcohol being such a huge part of my life and being such a, it's just, it was a role, it was a relationship. I can help you and guide you and support you and help you get to where you begin to create the life you love again. If you've never had it, to create it for the first time ever, to experience joy and fulfillment like you've never felt before. To enhance the fact that you love yourself and care for yourself and you create this healthy relationship inside of you that it begins to open up and blossom your current relationships or gives you the the empowerment back to be able to, to walk away from certain relationships that are not serving you. Maybe there's people in your life that you know you don't want to live like that anymore. 
And this, they're not helpful and they're not lifting you up, but you just feel trapped in this cycle of, well, we've just always been friends or, well, they're family. And none of this happens overnight. This could take months to years. I'm almost at five years alcohol free. And this has not been a linear journey. I have zigged and I have zagged and I have gone over some major highs. I think of a roller coaster and I've hit some major lows and it's been fast and it's been slow and I feel flipped and I feel turned around and I know that I'm going to keep doing it because the journey is the beautiful and painful process. But God has an agenda. It was spoken in church this morning. God has an agenda for your life. We have to be open and we have to listen and watch him do the work. And I know that he wants to give you strength. He, want, he wants to heal you, whatever that looks like. And he is so in love with you. I hope that this helped. And if you just want to reach out to me to ask a question, set up a conversation, what it might be like to work with me, or just say hello, feel free to email me, michelle at setfreesisterhood.com. Until next time, stay blessed. Okay, girlfriend, before you go, if you found value in this podcast and it helped you, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. This is what helps the show grow and helps more women to get their hands on the support so they can choose to reduce their drinking or quit altogether like I did. Go join the community and say hi over on Facebook by searching Set Free Sisterhood. I will also put the link in the show notes. You can also connect with me for a one-on-one discovery call at coachmichelleporterfield at gmail.com. And I want to ask, how do you want to feel in the next six months? Who are you becoming? Are you ready to grow? I see you and I've got you. Until next time, stay blessed.